0: Savior. And that's what this program has been all about. It's been about rejoicing because it is something to rejoice about. And you know, we've been talking about why we need a Savior. Let's answer that question this morning in the next few moments. Why do we need a Savior? What are we lost from? What has happened to all of us that would cause us to need someone to save us? You know, when my mother, she was the first one saved in our family. We, I was raised in a Catholic home. And my mother was the first one to meet Christ uh, aside and apart from religion. And she came home and she told my brother and I, as we were sitting in the, in the house that evening, she said, she said, boys, she goes, I got saved. We thought she meant from some sort of a burglary or a robbery Or a car accident, some kind of a crazy thing where she was going to die and someone saved her. We didn't know she meant something different, but the truth of the matter is it's not much different. Because to be saved from your sin is to be saved from an eternity separated from God in hell forever. You see, we really do need a Savior. And I want to talk to you about that for the next few moments before we close. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What is that? What was the good tidings? What was the great joy? What was all the, all the rejoicing about? Why was this such a big event? Next verse, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Can you imagine with me just for a moment what it would have been like for Gabriel to be told by God that he would have the privilege of making that incredible birth announcement. He leaves heaven and he's been dispatched to earth by God himself to give the most important announcement of his angelic career. And so he makes his way to an obscure village called Nazareth. And as he makes his way to that village, he finds a young girl there and her name is Mary. And I want to read you just a short account of that Meeting there in Luke chapter number one, beginning in verse 26, between Gabriel and and Mary in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came in unto her and said, hail. Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. She cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She really didn't understand what was going on. So the angel says, fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. For behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. No end meaning for an eternity he will rule and reign. And he has prepared a place called heaven where he will do that. So can you imagine this? Gabriel, that angel, comes to Mary. And he looks at this little virgin and he says, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. And Mary later on in that same passage of scripture finally said, "Okay, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel goes back to heaven and he announces to everyone there, mission has been accomplished. She has accepted the task and we are going to have our first Christmas in nine months. And that very first Christmas express the real true meaning of Christmas, which is this. Don't miss it. This is the true meaning of Christmas. This is what it's all about. That God sent his son into the world to be our savior. That's the true meaning. That's what this is all about. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, the Bible says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Here it is, folks. For he shall save his people from their sins you see this virgin birth we've been singing about is not incidental to our faith it is fundamental to our faith there has been a whole lot of things that christians argue about and fight about but i can assure you one thing there's no reason to argue about the virgin birth the virgin birth of jesus christ was absolutely necessary for mankind to have any hope of heaven you might be wondering or you might say this morning but brother eric i just don't understand it well, join the crowd. I'm not really sure I understand it either. So I'm comforted by 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, which says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. You see, that's the virgin birth of Christ. When God himself came down to earth in the form of a baby through a virgin's womb. Did you hear them sing about that? It's a mystery. It's not possible to understand. So could Jesus be born of a virgin? Could it it happen? Well, what about Luke chapter 1? I love this in verse 37 where the Bible says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Amen? Nothing shall be impossible with God. And so Jesus came to earth that we might go to heaven. That's why he came to save his people from their sins. Jesus was born a virgin. Why? That we might be born again. Because we need a Savior. My mom was right. She was saved. Mom was right that day. She came into the home that evening and said, boys, I've been saved. And if we would have known how to respond to that, we might have said, saved from what? And she would have said, saved from hell. Saved from the guilt of my sin save from the punishment that is going to happen to all of us as a result of our sin unless unless we meet this savior jesus became the son of man that we might become the sons and daughters of god so how can you become someone who is saved from their sins that's the closing question That's how we'll finish the service off this morning. We'll answer this question, all of us, in our own hearts. How can Erica Pacey become someone who is saved from his sins? How can you, put your name there, how can you become someone who is saved forever and ever and ever, whose kingdom shall have no end with Jesus? How can you have that privilege? Number one, you've got to realize that God loves you. First thing you've got to realize is God loves you. He tells us that in the greatest Christmas verse ever written in the Bible, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How did he give us his only begotten son? On that first Christmas. Rejoice, we have a Savior. He gave us his son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We've got to realize that that there is a god and that god loves us and that god gave us his son and his son's name was jesus and he died for our sins that we should not perish but our kingdom could have no end with jesus secondly we've got to realize that everyone including ourselves is a sinner all of us are sinners in fact, Scripture plainly tells us in Romans chapter number 3, in verse number 23, for all have sinned. Pretty clear, isn't it? We've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. None of us are righteous in this room. None of us can claim sinless perfection. There's only one that's ever been born and walked on this earth that could make that claim. And his name is, the who, is whom we've been singing about all morning, Jesus. Jesus came, and Jesus lived a sinless life. He had to live a sinless life to pay for our sins because we're all sinners. We've got to admit that. We've got to come to the place where we can say in humility, I have sinned. Thirdly, we must realize that sin has a price. Sin has a price. And as a result of sin having a price, that price must be paid by someone. And Scripture says in Romans chapter 6 and in verse number 23, the wages of sin is death. Focus with me just for a moment on that first little phrase in that verse. The wages of sin is death. What we earn as a result of our sin is death. What is that death? That death is exactly what that nine-year-old boy told us it was in the baptistry. Separation from God forever. Death meaning we will never have uh, an opportunity to spend an eternity in Jesus. Death in a place called hell. Death forever and ever and ever and ever. That's the wages of my sin. That's the wages of your sin. If I pay my sin debt, and I can do it by the way, I, 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 can, I can pay it. The, the, the thing is I'll be paying it for all eternity in a never-ending place called hell. Fourthly. I must realize that Jesus Christ died to pay the price of my sin. Jesus died to pay the price of my sin. In Romans chapter 5, in verse number 8, Scripture said that God loved us so much, He gave His love to us, He commended His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, remember what we admitted a little while ago, that we're all sinners. While we were yet in that condition, here's what God did. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us. Us, all of us, there's no one in this room that God did not love enough to die for. If you were the only person living on planet Earth, you, only you, let's just forget about the other six and a half billion people right now. Just you, if you were the only person to ever live on this Earth, He loved you so much that He would have died for you. He would have come to Earth for you. He would have lived a sinless life for you. He would have died on that cross for you. You see, we've got to realize that Jesus Christ died to pay the price of our sin. And then finally, we must come to a place in all of this. We must come to a point in our life, a point, a point in time, a moment, Scripture says. Maybe this morning where we do this, Romans ten thirteen. We ask Jesus to be our Savior. We call upon the name of the Lord. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are asking Him to be our Savior so we can rejoice. So we can rejoice and really mean it. So we can rejoice and understand it. We call upon His name. Someone described that by just simply saying, We pray. We cry out. We ask God to save us. And when we do that, here's what we do. Don't miss this. When we ask God to save us, we claim His promise of eternal life, it's a promise. God promises to save all those who repent of their sin and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a promise. That's an incredible promise. We can claim that promise. You see, today I've already claimed that promise. God, I'm so looking forward to this this program today. I'm looking forward to rejoicing with the choir. Why do we clap? Why do we rejoice? Why do we shout? Why do we sing? Why do we have something in our hearts we can't explain? (laughs) Because... There are some in this room who know what it's like to say yes to Jesus and to be freed from the bondage of sin. And so Jesus came to set us free. Again, Matthew 121, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. So what should you do right now? Well, you should take what little faith you have And do the same thing with your faith that God did with your sins. What did God do with your sins? Think about it. Anybody know the answer? He put your sins on Jesus. When Jesus died on that cross, he he bore the weight of all your sin. And so what you should do with your faith is the same thing that God did with your sin. God put your sin on Jesus. You need to put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for your sin debt. There's no reason for you to have to pay that penalty anymore. He died for you. He wants to save you. So put your faith in Jesus. And how do you do that? You can do that right now. In this auditorium. In the balcony. Right here on the main floor. Wherever you're sitting in this building. You right now... Can pray a prayer and you can ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart what better time to do that than after a presentation like this what better time to do that when the presence of God has manifested himself in this place he is so real he is so thick and it means so much to all of us right now would you not do that today I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with every head bowed and every eye closed in the building as we prepare to sing a song Of what we call invitation. I want to ask you to pray this prayer. Wherever you're sitting, I want to ask you to pray this prayer. Oh God, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And I need to be saved. And I cannot save myself. But Jesus, say this. Jesus, you died for me. You died in my place. And You promised to save me if I would just simply trust You. So Jesus, I trust You today with all of my heart. Come into my heart and forgive my sin and save me, Lord Jesus, right now. Right now. With heads bowed and eyes closed in this building. If You just now said that prayer and meant it in your heart right now. Could I see your hand in the balcony or on the main floor if you prayed that prayer? Know we have several visitors here today. God bless you here to my left. God bless you. In the-